Hello, and welcome back to Unmasked. At least, it better be a welcome back, because that would mean that you haven't missed any of our previous amazing guests. And if it is your first time, well, there's a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> My name is Alex, and I am your host. If you haven't already, please do us the huge favor of following us on social media. The support really does mean a lot. It means everything to us, honestly. Uh, we're on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, X, Facebook, pretty much everything that you can think of, at Unmasked with Alex. And go ahead and share this show with a friend of yours that you think might enjoy it. Like I said, the support truly means absolutely everything to us. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I have a dear friend and colleague in the acting and modeling industry. We actually met on a student film a while back, and since then... I have been able to witness her career grow exponentially, and it's been such a pleasure to do so. I am super, super excited for you guys to hear this amazing story. I think you guys will be uh, surprised with some of the different things that are mentioned. So, without further ado, I bring to you Adriana Lysitra. I've been, I've been, I've been unmasked, unmasked, unmasked. Yes, okay, <laughs> it looks like we are finally good. Oh, that was kind of embarrassing to, just no, to start off doing that. Anyway, okay, so kind of going back to what we were originally talking about when we first discovered that we weren't actually recording anything. <laughs> so you go by your maiden name. Yes, Adriana Lisitra. Instead of your married name. Yeah. Why? So I initially didn't want to change my name at all. I, if anything, I was going to hyphenate it. But um, the main thing was that I just wanted to see my original name on the screen. It feels so nice when you see that. Yeah. Because all the work that I put into it, I started taking acting classes when I was just like, I think, seven or eight years old. And it was always the dream to see my name on a screen, mm. my Adriana Lisitra. Um, so my husband and I kind of compromised. I changed my name and to his last name, and I used that for all of my family stuff and my passport and bills and everything. Official stuff. But um, for acting and modeling, I keep Adriana Lisitra. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, I know, I'm kind of in near opposite boat. I don't want to have my last name. Like I, when I look at my last name, I can't see it. On the like, whenever I see it on the big screen, it looks weird to me. Like, really? I, I almost want to go by just like Alex. How Zendaya has <laughs> just Zendaya. Or well, like you need a different name because Alex is yeah, too just common. like having Alex. Um, either that or like, because I know Leonardo DiCaprio. I found out is not his actual name. Oh yeah, so many celebrities have yeah, stage like names. The, yeah, and like Halsey. Halsey's not her actual name. Nope. Like I, I, I kind of want to see about having a different type of like last name and like oh I wonder like is that his real name and kind of going mm -hmm. through that whole thing of like maybe keeping Alex but then um, I know that a while back my brother actually told me that back in the much earlier days um, that I kind of like come from mafia blood and uh, my family came to New York City and ran like the mob and stuff um, and during the alcohol abolition abolition uh, abolition you know what I'm talking about, like yep. when they banned alcohol and stuff. <laughs> they had to change it from their Italian last name to some sort of like generic last name to mm. stand under the radar. And he told me what that last name was, and I've always been curious about just like going by that last name instead of my current one. Because when I tell people I'm Italian, they're like, oh, what's your last name? I'm like, it's, it's it's Mossman. Yeah. And they're like, that, that doesn't sound very <laughs> Italian. I'm like, you think? That's like my last name. La Citra is a very Sicilian last name. I was going to say, yeah it's, yeah, it's super Italian. But you are Italian, aren't you? I'm half Italian. Yeah, so And that half makes Puerto sense. Rican, yeah. And then, but your husband's last name, I'm guessing, is not anywhere near like Italian. No, he's not Italian at all. <laughs> so it, it kind of be like looking at you and be like, that's okay. That's an interesting last name. Yeah. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, so, for those who don't know you, um, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself um, using whatever accomplishments, accolades that you would want people to know about. Uh, don't feel pressured to try to list any. If you don't feel comfortable listing them, cool. If you do, um, but just kind of giving 
introduction and uh, a brief overview of who Adriana is. Sure. So my name is Adriana Lasitra. I am an actress and model living in Phoenix. I'm originally from New York, but moved to Phoenix about two years ago and have had a lot of success quickly with acting. I've done a number of short films, a couple of feature films, and several commercials, and I'm really excited to just keep seeing where this takes me. Okay. I like that. Very short, sweet, and straight to the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said you're coming from New York. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, I don't want to say counterintuitive, but with a the little. career that you're in, <laughs> coming from a place that is very prominent with film, very prominent in the entertainment industry, it's very interesting that you chose to come to a place like Phoenix and was that because of your husband or was that a personal choice? Yeah so right New York is kind of what you think of New York and LA Mm -hmm. when you think of an acting career and a modeling career but um, my husband has three kids and they were living here with his ex-wife so moving here to be close to them was kind of our only choice and I'm glad we did it because it's so nice to be around them and have family but yeah Arizona is not exactly the top place to uh, be when you're becoming an actor but I do think it's a great place to be because it's a good way to get your foot in the door when you're not in an industry as cutthroat as New York and LA can be Mm -hmm. and there have been so many amazing opportunities for me here in Arizona. So although I would like to branch out and get representation in other places, I'm glad to have started my career here. Do you ever regret making the move? And do you ever want to go back? The only reason I think about New York still is because my whole family's there. Okay. Um, and I do wish that I could go back there sometimes to take classes and to get headshots taken with some of those photographers out there mm-hmm. or just go back there for jobs, but I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah? Yeah, I'm happy to be in Arizona. I needed a change from New York. I grew up in New York, and although I was living in New York, I wasn't pursuing acting, and it took me leaving New York and leaving everything that I was comfortable with to finally put myself out there and take the leap to, to start pursuing this. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of stuck in New York. I was in a rut. And even though it was such a wonderful place to start an acting career and pursue acting, it wasn't for me because I I felt so stuck there because I had grown up there my whole life. Interesting. Do you think if you would have stayed, do you think you would have still landed in acting or do you think you would have gone down a different path? So I always wanted to be an actor and from a young age was trying to pursue it and then sort of let people get in my head telling me that it was unrealistic and that I should have a backup career and put it on the back burner in order to follow all these other expectations of me and and just kind of avoid judgment and mm-hmm. and the fear of failing really so um, I had pursued a career in journalism and I worked at national magazines in New York City and I was on that path And that was a great career and it was really hard to walk away from that career, but I walked away from it because I was unhappy and I knew I needed to do something else, something more creative. I knew I always wanted to act and that was constantly in the back of my mind. So I think I would have found it anyway, but it was still, it still would have been difficult being surrounded by everyone that I grew up with. When I was living in New York, I was still living at home with my mom and siblings. So I kind of needed that move to shake everything up and push me out of my comfort zone and start pursuing it. So you think it was the push or like the the change in scenery kind of that inspired you to finally start pursuing that kind of route of more of an acting career rather than journalism and stuff? Yeah, definitely a change in scenery. And also I met my husband and he was super supportive of it. Mm -hmm. He was the first person, I mean, besides my family, that I really admitted to that I wanted to be an actor. Really? And... I was so scared to say it. I used to say it when I was in elementary school and middle school, and then as I got to high school, I started getting quieter about it. And then I went to college for journalism, and nobody knew that that was a passion of mine. And I I just kept it sort of under wraps. I even had uh, relationships, like year-long relationships, where I never even talked about the dream of acting. But when I met my now husband, 
I remember telling him about it and he was so supportive so that helped too so we moved and he was supportive of it and that really pushed me to finally do it what do you think you were afraid of to mention your dream career of acting to previous partners or even to family members I think it was just the fear of being judged and it is so it's sometimes vulnerable to say this is my ultimate dream and I love this this is my passion that's that was hard for me to say growing up and it was hard for me to admit because when you admit it then if you don't take steps toward it everybody knows and I don't know I just had so much I was so hung up I had so many hang-ups on admitting that I wanted to be an actor and I'm glad that I eventually did but it was really tough for me did you ever second guess your kind of decision to do it like maybe you say like this is I mean it's cute to have this kind of dream but with all those people possibly or the thought of maybe having people telling you that it's unrealistic did that ever make you second guess anything well when I was younger yeah it made me second guess everything and I put it completely on the back burner and went into journalism but once I reached a certain age and I don't know, once I learned who I was enough and became comfortable enough with who I am not to care what other people think, Mm -hmm. I never looked back. And that's where I am at this point now, where I don't care what the random people from high school that I used to care about think about me or or even my family or, or anything. I don't care what anyone thinks about me now. I feel so much better being on this path and being more in alignment with what my actual dreams and goals are than I ever was before where I was so miserable. <laughs> yeah. I feel like also society has made a big shift into accepting these kind of careers as more of a realistic thing. Mm-hmm. Like 20, 30, 40 years ago, if you were to come up to somebody and say, I want to be an actor, they would have laughed in your face and be like, okay, here's an application for a real job. You <laughs> yeah. can go do this, or here's a college application. Go and do this. Like, it's cute that you want to do that. Maybe you could do, like, community theater on the side or something, mm-hmm. but be realistic. But now, because of social media, because of all these new people getting discovered and stuff, I feel like there has been a huge shift in acceptance with people saying, like, I want to be an actor and a lot more people becoming accepting of these more creative type of careers. I think recently, too, a lot of people have shifted from working for someone else to wanting to work for themselves in whatever capacity that might be, not just acting, but um, finding their own path and creating their own their own career Mm -hmm. and there are so many more resources now especially with YouTube and courses that other creators make and there's a lot more opportunities for us to do what we want to do on our own terms right whereas back in the day you kind of like our parents just kind of got jobs and stayed working there and moved up the ladder and that's not that's not the path that a lot of people our age are following no and that's it's funny that you're kind of mentioning that kind of stuff too because i know that when i speak to a lot of like older generations one of their biggest complaints about our generations or like the 20s and 30 year olds of the of today is they're like oh there's no loyalty with your generation Mm. there's no discipline there's no this there's no that and i'm like (laughs) why would i have loyalty though Mm -hmm. if the fact of if one little if Someone in upper management, for some reason, decides to make a wrong decision business-wise. It's my career line. They're gonna not. Yeah. They're not gonna hold themselves accountable. They're gonna be like, okay, who can we get rid of? And they're gonna let go of me. And so I think there's also been different career shifts. Um, and I know, like on my personal resume, I have more jobs than I can even count. <laughs> and in some cases, it's embarrassing, especially when I am trying to get a new job. And they're like, oh, like we're kind of worried that you're not going to stick with us. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, look, if it's a good opportunity, I'll stick with you. The reason why I left these other places is because it hasn't been a good opportunity. It hasn't lined yeah. with, like, either I haven't been paid well or there's been some sort of conflict or maybe another place is able to see more value in me mm-hmm. and was able to pay me more. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm not a good employee. If I'm there and I'm working for you, I will give you my all. I'm a hard worker. It has nothing to do with my work ethic. It's a fact of... I. I've learned to chase opportunities. I've learned the second opportunity 
knocks at your door, you open it and you take that step because if you don't, I mean, there's that cliche saying you miss 100% of the opportunities that you do not take. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that the hard way. Yeah. I've been able to accomplish and do certain things in my life that I would have never imagined I would have been able to do because of the fact I didn't play it safe and be like, you know what, I'm just going to take this cliche opportunity that seems safe in doing all that. Mm-hmm. I've looked at it and be like, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> if if it turn if it turns out bad, I can at least say I tried it and it didn't work out. Yeah. But what if there is that small chance that it does work out? Yeah. I think a lot of this like millennials or Gen Z or whatever generation we are are them calling saying that we're not loyal. It's just that we're not willing to put up with some of the same mistreatment that other people were back then. We have opportunities that we can take and we don't necessarily have to just accept what's what's the norm and just follow the status quo and a lot of us are just finally being brave enough to step out of our comfort zones and pursue what it is that we want to pursue and the person that you should be the most loyal to in your life is yourself and if you are working a job that doesn't feel right to you like what we were talking about earlier a job that you feel is like a little icky or makes you feel uncomfortable or you see them doing something that's out of alignment with your values we're not just going to blindly be loyal to that job because it Mm -hmm. gives us a paycheck we want something that is fulfilling and more than not just fulfilling for our bank accounts but fulfilling for ourselves right yeah there's i know that when i've looked back um i've talked to some people and they're like a job isn't supposed to be something that you love it's work it's a like you're you're supposed to have good and bad days and um it it, it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows and Mm -hmm. stuff and whenever they say that i'm like well yeah i understand like you're not going to have 100 percent good days Mm -hmm. but i also don't want a a job to where i'm waiting for the weekends 100 percent of the time like i'm wishing your life away yeah Yeah. i'm dreading mondays i'm dreading being able to go in i'm i'm dreading Every second I'm there, I'm watching the clock tick. Yeah. Every sec, I'm watching that second hand continuously go around and around and be like, 459, 459, 459, 5 o'clock, let's go. That used to be me 100%. I, I heard this quote one time. Oh, sorry, I hit the mic. <laughs> I heard this quote one time, and I wish I could remember who said it, but I'm just going to say it anyway, So, and I'm going to butcher it. But they said every with every job you do, you're gonna have to eat a shit sandwich. Yeah. But what shit sandwich are you willing to eat? So I feel like with acting and modeling, sometimes the shit sandwiches, you show up on set, you're waiting around forever. It's like, hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. I'm willing to eat that shit sandwich. I'm not willing to eat the shit sandwich where I have to ask my boss for vacation and she says no, but I already booked the airplane and I'm like, shit, now what do I do? And I have to (laughs) ask for permission to live my life and do a job that puts money in someone else's pocket and not mine. Like, that's not a shit sandwich I'm willing to take. But what we have to do sometimes that's not ideal with acting and with modeling those are shit sandwiches I will gladly eat because I enjoy every other aspect of the job and it fulfills me in so many other ways yeah that those you know cons those drawbacks are not such a big deal I'm happy to do it yeah I'm even in like my own predicament right now to where I don't have the quote-unquote like job that you're supposed to like I'm not living the life that older generations would approve of most Mm, likely mm -hmm. but I'm surviving I I don't ask people for financial help like I survive on my own and stuff but I'm also proud of myself the fact that I've been able to say fuck it and chase my dreams and stuff Mm -hmm. and yeah there's definitely some extremely hard times but the fact that I'm doing that almost prides myself more for the fact of I know that it's most likely that they're saying that in envious standpoint of like maybe they wanted to do something but they were coursed into going to college getting a job yeah and doing the whole quote-unquote american dream and stuff i talked to a, a previous guest about that whole thing and it's the most scammy type of like mm-hmm. it's, it's literally built off of the corporate system of the industrial age that's literally where 
the Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 thing comes from. A lot of other countries don't have that. A lot of other countries are like, oh, yeah, well, like, you work three days and have four days off. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, you, some countries are starting to yeah, do that. Like, four, four-day work weeks. Yeah, yeah. Six-hour work days. And well, even 40 hours a week, that's an American concept. Mm-hmm. A lot of other countries, that's not... Like, a, a full-time job isn't considered 40 hours a week. That's right. just an Americanized concept. And the more I kind of learn about that kind of stuff, the more interesting it is. It's like, oh, I thought that was a normal thing. Like, <laughs> when you say you have a full-time job, people expect, oh, 40 hours a week, you're doing this, you're doing that. And I'm like, so you're telling me that in other, pla- <laughs> other places you could have a full-time job and not bust your ass for 40 hours a week doing something you hate? Interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why am I living in America? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I'm curious about a little bit further back than just previous career life and stuff. So I want you to kind of bring me back as far back as you're comfortable going. Um, it doesn't have to be back to like infancy or anything, but Mm -hmm. like as young as you want to go, I want to kind of understand more of the woman I see here today who what has built this person that I'm, I'm sitting with right now? Yeah, so I think one of the main things that influenced who I am today is the fact that I was raised by a single mom who had four kids. Um, my parents divorced when I was super young, so I watched my mom be really independent, really resourceful, really resilient from a super young age, and She's a really accomplished lawyer. She recently became a judge a few years ago. So she juggled full family, full career, and that was a huge influence to me. I also have four sisters and a brother, so I grew up with a lot of siblings around, and um, just that kind of crazy lifestyle was like, it was always very chaotic with that many kids in our house. but. Um, I was always like the comic relief of the family. I was making people laugh from a super young age. And we struggled a lot growing up. We didn't have a lot of money. Things were really tight. And um, I remember always wanting to make people laugh to make light of the situations. Hmm. So there were times when um, our oil in our oil burner would run out and we wouldn't have heat for a couple days and I would turn it into like an Eskimo skit and make everybody laugh or whatever. One time we had like a termite infestation and I got everyone to put on their roller skates and we were like rolling around the kitchen on top of termites. Like I just learned from a really young age to make the best of really bad situations. And that really shaped who I am today. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I'm, I'm just trying to imagine <laughs> just like rollerblading around the house on top of insects and oh stuff. Oh my God. It was, it was, it was rough but it was funny like we did it together as a family family means a lot to me because of all the things that I overcame with my family that I could never have done without them so all those things really influence who I am today I'm a really loyal person to my friends to my family I'm a really funny and goofy person I like to find the light-hearted good in every situation even if it's super bad and um, and I'm independent. I mean, I have my husband who I who I lean on for support and stuff, but I, when I want to do something, I find a way to do it, and I make things happen. And that's something that's always been ingrained in me because that was my mom. She, you know, made a dollar out of 15 cents, and she really figured it out when she had to, and that's me. I just, I figure it out. Sounds like a lot of the stuff today comes a lot from your mom Mm -hmm, yeah Um, was your dad in the picture a lot yeah my dad was around they got divorced when I was super young my dad got remarried and had a couple more kids he was we saw him on weekends and stuff but he wasn't as much in my life as my mom was like on a daily basis knowing everything that was going on with me um and that sort of shaped me too like him not being around as much was sometimes hurtful and I had this pretty awful stepmother growing up so like I learned to sort of take care of myself and my siblings from a really young age and stand up for myself because I was like the one kid who did not let my stepmom get away with being mean to us I was like fuck off lady 
and yeah. <laughs> and that you know that turned me into a fighter from a really young age. <laughs> I, I relate to that a lot. I know um, growing up, I had a lot of step stepdads. Mm -hmm. my, my parents also divorced when I was extremely young. Um, my dad only was really ever with one woman after my mother, mm -hmm. um, but never actually married her. It was staying in that relationship. I don't really know exactly why. I know he has his own reasons for doing it. I never yeah. really asked him too much about it. Um, I think it was just for his own morals and stuff. Like, you marry once in your lifetime. And, um, but my mom, on the other hand, she married a lot. And uh, there, were, there were some good stepdads. Um, there was one that he was absolutely phenomenal. He treated us like we were his own kids. Like, mm -hmm. he wasn't the kind that would, like, go above and beyond and try to punish us necessarily. But he was the one that was like, I want you guys to have an older, like, man figure. Like, take you fishing. Take you Aww. camping. <laughs> um, like, some of my best childhood memories are because of him. Oh, that's so nice. Um, but then after that is when I had monstrous stepdads and yeah. stuff, um, including a few that were very less than idealistic. Um, they, they did really, really bad things. Mm -hmm. And um, I was always kind of, I don't want to say, like I don't want to say weak because I was always a very small, very petite kid growing mm -hmm. up, but in the situations, I never knew how to really stand up for myself. I, I kind of knew the situations were bad, but I didn't know what to do. My brother, he was the one that would kind of step in. He was the one that would kind of, yeah. like, get in my stepdad's face and be like, no, stop fucking treating Alex like this, blah, blah, Aww. blah. And, like, they would literally get into fist fights. Like, wow. my, my, my brother has always been a huge fighter. He's he's always been much bigger. Um, that was me. I was just feisty. Yeah. Like, you were not going to fuck with me, and you yeah. were not going to fuck with my siblings. Yeah. <laughs> not if I could help it. I mean, I couldn't do much being as small and young as I was, but I was you were going to hear it. You were yeah. Gonna <laughs> yeah, which I do like there there are parts of me that do kind of wish that I would have taken more initiative to stand up for myself, but I didn't know how. I I yeah, I, I, in I, hindsight, never, you know. I never had anyone be, anybody that taught me how to be confident in my abilities and how to stick up for somebody. And I mm -hmm. didn't learn how to do that until I was forced to when it was just me, my mom, and I was put in situations where it was either fight or flight. Yeah. And if I was to flight, the situation will get worse. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. The worst that can happen is I fucking die. <laughs> oh the worst. Gosh, Alex. <laughs> I, I, I know how dark that sounds, especially coming from a kid at a young age, but that was literally how I, yeah. I was able to overcome a lot of stuff. It was like, you know what? The absolute worst fucking thing that could happen to me is death. So... There's nothing worse that can happen. Mm -hmm. And whether you say that's worse or not, that was literally what my mindset yeah. would go to. But Another thing that I think really shaped me is that my mom, um, growing up, she was a defense attorney. Okay. And she worked for the city, and so she represented people who could not afford their own lawyers. So she represented the most poor and mm. neglected members of society. And I watched her fight for them like like her own life was on the line and I watched her um, I used to go to work with her and watch her in the courtroom really just defending these people and and representing them with all her might and she mm. was a fighter my mom like woo you, you don't want to see that lady angry so <laughs> you never want to get an Italian angry I'll say oh that. she's Puerto Rican you don't oh, you, oh, even, even more worse. don't want to get worse. a Puerto Rican yeah, angry there you go so I I mean I watched her stand up for other people I watched her stand up for herself I watched her stand up for us mm -hmm. and I I just took that little piece from her and it became part of my personality and it is to this day I will always stand up for someone who is being mistreated or someone who can't defend themselves that is like a huge value of mine that I am so proud of for myself and so proud of that I got that from my mom so was your dad similar in that fighting spirit, or was he kind of opposite to her? No, my dad's similar. My dad's also a defense attorney. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and similarly represents people who are in, you know, just the worst periods of their lives and who have next to nothing and fights for them in a similar way. Both my parents came from really tough upbringings where they didn't have a lot of money and... Um, grew up in neighborhoods that weren't the greatest and mm. had to fight to survive. So they both ended up doing 
that for their career. And so, yeah, I probably got a, a little bit of that from my dad as well. Yeah. Are you the oldest of your siblings? No. Um, I have an older sister, an older brother, then there's me, and then three younger ones. Holy shit. So two of them are my um, sisters that my dad had with my stepmom. Okay. Um, my older brother and sister, we have the same mom and dad. And then I have another little sister who came after was my mom's uh, daughter from another relationship. Do your siblings kind of share that same fighting spirit that you have? Um, they do. I have an older sister who is in law school, and she wants to do employment law. So that's when people have been discriminated against yeah. in at their job. So she really has that. My brother is like an angel peacemaker, constantly trying to do and help other people. And my three younger sisters are also also like that. Everyone's just really always trying to make other people feel comfortable and safe and happy and we've all kind of picked up on that from our parents interesting yeah okay <laughs> now with your husband does he kind of have that similar thing or did you because I know that they say the opposites attract but at the same time yeah I've also seen that you're kind of attracted to those who are very similar to you as well like whether it's physically or in a more emotional slash mental standpoint yeah is he kind of similar he's definitely really similar to me yeah. I don't think I could be with someone who didn't have similar values or a similar upbringing to me which he did and um, we both picked up on pieces of that and my husband is also a doctor and helps people day in and day out and it's a huge part of his life is helping other people so yeah I love that about him and we're, we're similar in that way not that I'm like helping the world with my acting but <laughs> <laughs> when I can in any way that I can I do help help other people I like that okay so in your acting career mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot of rejection and stuff that can happen um, regardless of how strong your fighting spirit is I know that everyone has their Achilles heel everyone has they're a little bit that like they don't want to show that shit gets under their skin mm -hmm. um, and especially I see that with people fighting spirits they're like no we're gonna fucking push we're, yeah. gonna, <laughs> we're gonna keep going like this isn't over but deep down inside they're like fuck man like this ah like this fucking hurts yeah How'd, what's your process of dealing with that constant rejection so I think I mean as actors we hear all the time oh you you'll audition 50 times and maybe get one like I, I mean I just know that it's part of the career and mm -hmm. like I said I'm really comfortable with who I am I know that I am talented I know there are ways that I can improve myself so I just take every rejection or every no and try to see what I can learn from it what I could have done better in that audition or what skill I want to hone a little more what class is going to help me and I really just take it as a stepping stone to getting better and try not to <laughs> think about the fact that it means another audition I didn't get. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's tough sometimes, but I think if you always take everything as a learning experience, then it makes it a lot easier to, to handle all the rejection. <laughs> yeah. I like how um, earlier you were mentioning that you are a very – um, kind of accomplished actor which I like the fact that you said that mm -hmm. especially with the fact that um, and don't take this in any insulting Go ahead, way Alex. but like you haven't been in any like Hollywood level things yes, where like huge true. budget like with Leonardo type of stuff uh -huh. or Johnny Depp or like these huge like multi-million dollar budget films but yet you still remain in that mindset of like I'm an accomplished actor because of the work that I have done I am. I that is my mindset. So, ten years ago, I I couldn't see the forest through the trees, or what's it, what is it? The light. What's that expression? Whatever. I, it I is. know what you're talking about. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't picture this for myself. Every time I am on set, whether it's a huge budget, which I haven't done yet, or a teeny tiny budget, or literally a no budget. It is a dream come true. Hmm. 
and it is an accomplishment and every time I'm on set no matter how accomplished the other people that I'm working with are that I did that in air quotes for people who (laughs) (laughs) couldn't tell um they everyone is so passionate and creative and they've put their effort and their time into writing this script or lighting the set or decorating the set whatever I'm I just feel so honored to be on any set that I'm on. It's a huge accomplishment anytime somebody gives me the opportunity to be on set. So although, no, I'm not accomplished in the sense that I've done big productions that people know about or that my IMDb star rating is whatever, I feel like an accomplished actor. I have done feature films, short films, commercials. If I do nothing else, for the rest of my career and I go back to being a magazine editor, I would still consider myself having accomplished an acting career. I like that a lot, especially, so one of my biggest, I'll say kind of pet peeves now that I get whenever I tell people I'm an actor is, have you been in anything that I've seen? Yeah, what would I, what have I seen you in? Yeah, for me, the reason why (laughs) that bothers me is because I know that they have a certain expectation for me. Mm -hmm. I know when I say like, oh, I'm a professional actor and I've been in a bunch of stuff and like, oh, cool, what have I seen? I'm like, well, unless you're very high into the arts and you've been to film festivals and stuff, probably nothing. And then their face goes from like bright, like, oh my God, I'm with a movie star (laughs) to like, it's one of these guys again. And yeah. for me, it's like you obviously don't know enough about the industry to understand the fact that, like, even the fact that I was in what I was in means a lot. Yeah. Do you realize how hard it is to even get from, do you even get the audition, first of all? And then to go from the audition to possibly a callback or audition to getting the part? Because it's not just like, oh, like, it's between you and somebody else. A lot of times it's between you and, like, a bunch of other people, even mm-hmm. for a short film that has a low budget. The amount of people that are trying to be actors these days and stuff, there's there's so much competition with what we do. Yeah. That it's like, I'm in one of the most competitive fields. So the fact that I've been able to be in these films or the fact that you've been able to do this, it is an accomplishment. Huge, yeah. And I think when people ask that, I think they mean well. Yeah. They want to give you a pat on the back. Um, but it just kind of speaks to their definition of success. Yeah. And their definition of a successful actor is someone who has been in something that they would have seen. Right. <laughs> but our, we get to define our own version of success. And for me, although I have so many more goals that I want to achieve, I have been successful with the goals that I have made so far. And I am really happy with how far that I've come in the year that I've been in this industry because yeah. I only really started actually... Um, I got my agent and started auditioning last summer, so it's been about 14 months now. So in 14 months, I'm really proud of where I've come from, where I've gotten to, and I feel successful. And it doesn't really make me feel bad about myself when I have to tell someone nothing after they've asked me, what have I seen you in? Um, Because I've seen myself on a big screen, I've seen myself on a commercial, and that's all that matters is what I feel about myself. And I... It took me a long time to get to that point where I define my own version of success and nobody Mm -hmm. else's opinion of me is going to bring me down or matter, but that's where I'm at. And I think that that helps as an actor that you need that kind of mindset or else you can be really, you know, it can make you sad, all the rejection, but for the hundred things I didn't get, I got however many, and those times I was on set, I gave my all, and I'm proud of every piece of work that I have put out. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people also don't realize where you have to come from. A lot of times, unless you already have some sort of huge connection to the industry that Mm -hmm. can get you in front of X producer or get you doing this, a lot Mm -hmm. of times, especially when you're coming from the absolute bottom and you're trying to climb your way up, there is a lot of fucking mud that you have to get through. And a lot of that is doing student films or doing like these short films and stuff. Yeah, the stepping stones. Yeah. And if you don't have that mentality of being able to count these little accomplishments and stuff, like 
I know that social media and society kind of has us brainwashed in a way that unless you do have a million followers on Instagram and you're viral on TikTok or YouTube and you're doing all this, that you're not going anywhere with your career. Mm. But in all reality, obviously times have changed in the movie industry. It, it's I've heard many seasoned actors who are very huge say like they don't think that they would be able to make a career these days because of the way society is because yeah. you used to be able to just take some headshots and resume go to a casting office and be like <laughs> here you go or go to um uh what is it um pilot season mm-hmm. in la yep to where you can literally audition for 400 plus things in one weekend or something mm-hmm. they don't those things don't exist anymore you know and so being able to kind of count your accomplishments and be like i've been in X amount of short films and stuff, I've built a reel and I'm kind of building it like this. Being able to kind of remember those little accomplishments and be like, I've been on the big screen, I've been in X film festival and stuff, and I'm kind of letting fate take it from here. Maybe it's going to go on another film festival, maybe mm-hmm. there is going to be the, a director that sees the short film and notices me and stuff, and you kind of have to be able to shift your mindset of not always chasing the biggest acorns possible just yet. That's not to say you can't ever chase it, mm-hmm. but if you're going into it immediately and be like, I'm gonna win an Oscar, I'm gonna win an Emmy, I'm gonna win a Tony all in <laughs> one year, I'm gonna be in yeah. this in two years, I'm gonna be <laughs> able to buy a multi-million dollar mansion, I'm gonna be able to buy my dream car, I'm gonna be able to travel all these places and be in all these movies, it's like, I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible. Everything is possible, but <laughs> you can't go in with those kinds of expectations. Yeah, I mean, if you, so much of our lives now is comparing ourselves with social media. If I compared myself to Meryl Streep, I would feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but if I compare myself to myself, where a year and a half ago I had signed up for my first acting class in a decade because yeah. I had taken that long break, I mean, where I've look where I am. I have so much to be proud of. I'm not Meryl Streep, but <laughs> but I'm proud of where I've come from. I'm proud of how much work I put in to get the credits that I have now. Yeah, and kind of piggybacking off of your thing with comparison, that that was a huge thing I had to deal with, especially too, with yeah. like seeing other actors my age having the accomplishments that they've had. Like mm-hmm. that was a huge thing. Like watching things like Stranger Things and seeing of like, oh, these kids are even younger than I am, and I they're doing these or. <laughs> Um, like Timothy Chalamet, like he's only a couple years older than I am, and yet he's been in all these other kinds of things. I start going to that little hole of like, oh, blah, blah, but then you also have to realize like they have their own story that they've lived, and you've had yours. You've yeah. done the best with your story and your timeline. They might have had different opportunities. They might have had parents in show business that have been like, hey, I know you said you wanted to be an actor. I know the director of X film and mm-hmm. he said he's willing to meet with you and he's willing to give you an audition for this. That's a huge step up. That's a huge advantage in a career yeah. over somebody else or even like job wise. Even if like you guys maybe don't have or they don't have huge connections. If you're working a full-time job and this other person has no job and they just get to do this, obviously that's a huge advantage because for them they're able to say literally yes to everything. Yep. Versus you, you have to be like, oh, shit, I have a job. I have to balance, yeah. too. Um, That's why um, it takes a certain level of privilege mm-hmm. to, not everyone, but there is a certain level of privilege that comes with getting ahead in a career like this. Like you said, not having to work a 40-hour work week or yeah. more to support yourself. You're able to take more opportunities. Or you come from a family that has a little bit of money you're able to take better classes and get better headshots like there is an aspect of just being lucky and being privileged that goes into it but there's also something to be said for someone who works super hard and makes and finds the opportunities for themselves and there are a lot of celebrities who have that story as well so Mm -hmm. no no two people's paths are the same to get to a career in acting and there's it's not like you have to win an Oscar to be a successful actor. Some people don't want to win an Oscar. Some people want to do musical theater. Some people, 
you know, you have to define your own version of success and try your damnedest <laughs> not to compare yourself to other people as much as that is like the world we live in right now. Yeah. It's just comparison. I mean, I don't think Leo won an Oscar until what, like two years ago? Out of all the is movies. that true? Yeah, like um, I think it wasn't until The Revenant came out that he won an Oscar for for anything. And he's amazing. Yeah, so he's he's one of the literally the best actors in Hollywood. If he let that define him and said, uh, "I'm not winning Oscars. Maybe this isn't for me." Yeah. I mean, we would all be missing out. You know, you have to have kind of a purpose behind it that's more than just recognition from other people. You have to have a purpose that comes from you and that that is fulfilling to you personally right. and not just defined by an award on on your shelf or, you know, a credit on your resume. Yeah. I I definitely agree. I um after my first like I say big production film because it was like one of those things where it wasn't just someone with a video camera, <laughs> like it was like actually like a full crew and stuff. Yeah. Like it wasn't like a multi-million dollar budget thing but after the first one to where like I was working 14 15 hour days mm -hmm. days in a row doing all this I did get a little um uh, what is it like a not Oscar but like <laughs> a, a replica of like one of those awards and stuff just to kind of have for yourself um, well, someone I, I had a uh, one a friend got it for me and stuff. But, like, uh, I was gonna say that's that. so cool to like yeah. give yourself an award. <laughs> but even like seeing that, like it kind of helps with seeing that. Yeah. Um, but I also try not to get into the award chasing mindset of yeah. just going for these awards. For me, I'm like I just want. I try to definitely define my purpose in this career, which is to tell stories yep. and to be able to be artistic, yeah. be able to express my artistic tastes exactly. in, in a certain way. Like, if I don't get these, I'm not going to say I'm a failure because I didn't get an Oscar or because I didn't get exactly. a Golden Globe or something. I yeah. don't, don't want to sit there and be like, oh, well, I know I have one of the highest grossing films in the entire world, <laughs> but I didn't get an Oscar, so I'm a failure as an actor. It's like, bro, like, shut the fuck up right yeah. now, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we we can find success in so many other ways and it for for anyone it could look like doing one commercial a year but but balancing your family like it's yeah. different for everyone whatever you whatever's going to make you feel successful and have a happy life for some people that's not being in every big box office movie and right. winning all the awards and cuz it takes them away from their family and it takes them away from living a normal life so you have to find the balance for yourself and you have to find what's going to make you happy, what's going to make you fulfilled, and what's going to make you feel successful mm -hmm. long term. So you really have to define it for yourself, I find. Absolutely. I was kind of mentioning earlier some of the biggest struggles I've been dealing with, especially when it comes to comparing. I'm curious about some of the biggest struggles that you've that you've gone through, whether it was a childhood, teenagehood, or even early adulthood, um, first that you have been able to overcome and your kind of story of overcoming those challenges. So when you say that, one of the first things that comes to mind is that I always was interested in modeling. So modeling is something that I recently have added to my list of things. So okay. I used, it took me a long time to admit actress but now I finally say that with confidence. <laughs> and recently I started saying actress and model, and that took a lot, that was a lot to overcome to actually tag that on to actress. Because for the longest time it was something I was interested in, but it was something I did not think was an option for me. Hmm. So I am five foot three, and growing up I was watching um, America's Next Top Model, these like tall, statuesque women, and I was just like, okay, I'm cute, but I'm 5'3", and it's just not for me. Mm -hmm. But recently, I have totally stepped into this world of modeling where it doesn't necessarily matter your height or or your body type even, but um, as long as you bring something unique and different and alive to the camera, that's acting. I mean, that's modeling. Yeah. So something that was big to overcome for myself was just this feeling that I was inferior to other models who were taller or or just the idea that I could even model in general but as soon as I got my agent here in Arizona I booked a couple modeling jobs before even acting jobs 
And I was like, whoa, wait a second. I can make money here. And I, and I can be creative in this new, unique way mm -hmm. that I didn't ever think I could. So kind of that was, that was something big for me to overcome was the idea that I don't have to look exactly like everyone else who's a model and I can be my own version of what a model means to me. Was it because you booked those jobs is what helped you overcome that kind of self-reflection? Even initially, it was still hard for me to say that. Like, it was still hard for me to think of myself as a model. But the more photo shoots I did, the more photos I got back where I was like, wow, that's a great photo, that's a great photo. The more time I spent on set, taking photos, the more comfortable I started to feel in front of the camera, and then it became more of a reality. But here's a funny story, Alex. I hated taking pictures so bad. When I went to go take my first headshots, I sobbed, not cried, not a single tear drip, you know, dripping down the cheek, sobbed the entire car ride to, on my way to get my headshots, because I was so anxious to be in front of the camera. In in a photography way. I can be on camera, you know, TV and film with no problem. But I was so nervous and so anxious about it. And that was only like a year and a half ago. And now I'm like booking modeling jobs and making money doing, mo doing modeling gigs. And it's just, I've come so far in a year and a half that I'm like, I'm blown away by myself. <laughs> were you having those similar feelings when me and you were doing, because we, I don't remember when we yes. did our first uh, when we did our first photo shoot, but we did. I think our first photo shoot was that train station yes. one. Uh huh. Were you having similar feelings? So that? I was starting to get a little bit more comfortable by that point, but I was still super super nervous mm -hmm. to to take photos, and that's why I was doing it with friends initially, like you and Nick and and um, oh, just the other friends who d yeah. who take photos because it didn't feel like as much pressure, but. When I, when I booked my first modeling job with my agent, I mean, I was a mess. I was a mess. I was like, I can't do this. I'm going to show up and they're going to be like, who's this? She has no experience. She's, t she's <laughs> petite. She's tiny. She doesn't fit in any of the clothes. Like, I was freaking out. <laughs> but I've come so far. Like, now I can take pictures and there's still, like, that little bit of anxiety in yeah. me. But I'm, it's more excitement than fear <laughs> it used to be fear <laughs> what do you think changes in your mindset that made you kind of overcome that kind of thought process or talking to yourself with that inferiority complex yeah I think I just realized that I am unique in my own way and that is valid and that is special and that is is you know, wanted for these types of things. I'm, I don't look like everybody else does, but that's not why they're hiring me. They're hiring mm -hmm. me for this shoot because I look how I look. They've seen my photos. They, they've maybe seen me in person and I was chosen for a reason. And although there's like this little doubt screaming in the back of my mind, I have to just believe in myself as hard as that could be sometimes and, and go for it. And what makes me different is what makes me special and is like what am I trying to say what make what makes me different from other people that I may feel worried about is what makes that's me your one up yeah that's my that's my special thing yeah okay I, I definitely know a lot of people that deal with that kind of inferiority complex especially in the world of modeling modeling mm -hmm. is one of those careers that is so self-deprecating sometimes, and um, you kind of look at these models sometimes like, oh my God, I wish I had the the confidence that she has, or I wish that um, I could be like that. And I always want to tell them like, I can promise you, she's not thinking that to herself. She's thinking yeah. she's having some sort of imposter syndrome. She's having some sort of like, uh -huh. I'm not good enough to be here. Look at all these other beautiful women, like. I still have that every time I go on set, a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like yeah. someone's going to realize that I'm not as model-y as the other models or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Every I think that's natural. And 
one of the biggest things that I like to do is always push myself out of my comfort zone. Mm. So after I had that debacle where I was like crying on my way to my headshots, I made a promise to myself that every opportunity for the next year where anyone was like, hey, you want to take a photo? Hey, you want to take a photo? That I was going to do it. So mm. I pushed myself intentionally out of my comfort zone for a whole year and with each different photo shoot that I did, I, I built up a little bit more confidence and a little bit more confidence. But that doesn't mean I feel like a full-blown model right this second. Right. But I am working toward it, and that's enough for me. <laughs> I like that. Okay. What's, I know you said that's kind of still something that you struggle with, and I have that imposter syndrome all the time, especially when I'm on set, because mm -hmm. for me, when I go from an audition, I feel like... I'm in a different mindset in the audition, but then the second they put me on set, I'm like, fuck, I don't have that same mindset. Like, I was, I had a little bit of time to prepare for that. Yeah. Now I'm, like, nervous. I'm going to be doing this in front of people now. Mm -hmm. I almost get that uh, that imposter syndrome on set. Um, what's a challenge that you still haven't been able to overcome, whether it's a new challenge or it's something that has kind of haunted you for quite some time that you're still trying to figure out how to overcome? Hmm. I kind of agree with you like when you get on set there is that feeling that you're not going to be what they expected you to be and right. um, I think something that's been challenging for me is that I didn't realize just how much goes on on set and I'm still struggling sometimes to block out everything that's happening around me with the cameras, with the lighting, with the getting on your mark and being in character and actually feeling fully in the moment sometimes. Sometimes I still feel like I'm thinking like an actor instead of thinking like the character because there is so much that goes on ar around us on set. I mean, it can be chaotic. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I find that the actor is like an afterthought. <laughs> you know what I mean? I strangely completely understand what you're Doesn't saying. Doesn't that happen sometimes yeah. where they're like, get this lighting right, get this lighting right. Can you tilt your head that way? Can you tilt your head that way? Fix this, fix that. Move her mic this way. And then they're like, act, action. And you're like, well, <laughs> shit. I just, I was just thinking about my mark and I was just thinking about the lighting and you guys were just yelling at each other and now you want me to just like act? Yeah. So I'm still working on like tuning everything else out, finding my my center and just acting and I see sometimes when I get back when I get the footage back and I feel I wasn't in it in that moment yeah I know I said the words but I didn't feel it in that moment because maybe because a hundred things were happening around me but I need to be able to do that right in, yeah <laughs> that makes sense so I'm still I mean I'm new to this still so I'm mastering that trying to work on mastering that but it's tough sometimes it's very tough especially in a field like this yeah in, in a creative field that you are so independent and stuff and it's not like you don't technically have a boss or anything so mm. it's very much based off of you completely and yeah. your performance on one thing can easily affect so many other things it's not just right. like a one and done type of thing it's it's kind of like okay well they saw something in you in the audition and you want to try to make sure that you can bring that same thing back but sometimes you just cannot bring that same energy that you had in the audition maybe something in life happened maybe it, you're just having one of those days you mm. didn't get as much sleep you're not feeling that way or you're not able to just reach that emotional spot that you're supposed to that you did in the audition mm -hmm. but I've had that happen so many times where I go in and I'm like, I don't know how the fuck I'm able to do this right now. I usually can't do this, but yeah. for some reason this audition. <laughs> and then I do it and then they, they, they cast me, I get on set and they're like, boom. And I'm like, I can already know, I already know what they're thinking. They're thinking like, where the fuck is what we saw earlier? What's going on? Like, but is this are the same they, guy? Alex? That's are the thing. they? That's the thing <laughs> that I struggle with. I'm like, are they actually thinking that, or is this all in my head right so now? So for you, your big thing that you're working to overcome is imposter syndrome. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imposter syndrome mixed with that compar uh, that comparison thing yeah. has been a huge thing for me. I think it's huge for everyone right now, yeah. and if it makes you feel any better, we're all collectively <laughs> trying yeah. to overcome the comparison game. 
we were talking a little bit about success earlier mm -hmm. and one of the questions that I've started to try to ask everybody because of the fact of everyone's answer can be so different um, especially based off of their childhood or based off of the way they grew up what is your definition of success and how mm -hmm. will you know that you've achieved it that is a big and good question <laughs> <laughs> so it ev I mean it evolves I think so my definition of success right now would feel like being financially stable and having some debts paid off you know student loans and credit cards and whatever that would feel really successful right now but I think ultimately I think in the end of my life how will I know that I've been successful is when I have not no regrets but less regrets hmm. so I've I've read that one of the when they ask people who are dying one of what what they regret one of the biggest things they say is that they lived life on someone else's terms and not the life that they wanted for themselves right. so I think for me it would be the fact that I lived life on my own terms and I took all the opportunities that I could and I pushed myself out of my comfort zone in every way and I didn't I didn't let fear hold me back so I think on my deathbed if I can feel like I at least pursued the things I wanted to pursue and I don't have all these regrets of living life completely out of alignment with what I wanted to be doing then that will feel successful to me whether or not I have an Oscar next to my bedside <laughs> <laughs> you kind of touched on something that kind of sparked something in me and because it's something that I get asked sometimes and my answer has drastically changed from when I first got it answered to recently do you live with regret currently yeah um, I think there are certain things that I regret. Really? Yeah. Certain things about my life that I've maybe done or not done like that I what? regret. Well, I definitely regret going to college for journalism. <laughs> yeah. In a way. I mean, it. it I l a lot of people say, oh, I don't regret anything because it led me to where I am today. No, not necessarily. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I am happy with where I am today and with, you know, my where I am in my life but I do regret not going to a performing arts school and pursuing this dream right away but it did take time for me to figure out who I was and what I wanted and what I didn't want and get to that point but yeah I do regret not <laughs> not doing that right away and I mean other regrets along the way too yeah interesting but I don't let it like it's not like I wake up every morning and you don't let it and that's the first thing on my mind yeah. yeah if I dig deep into my life there are things that I regret yeah but there are more things that make me happy yeah. <laughs> so okay so I try not to dwell on the regrets and so with going back to the success question then mm -hmm. you know you've achieved it when you can be on your like so on your deathbed is where the the oh, the whole thing is that hmm. you know that you've achieved it then. I mean, I guess along the way, I guess along the way I'll know that I feel successful if there's not something nagging me in the back of my head like there always was with acting. Yeah. Because if there is, then I, I need to explore that and, and go for that. Um, so yeah, there will be little checkpoints along the way. I, it's not like I'll only know when I'm dying, but yeah, I think ultimately. <laughs> okay, interesting. Is there any other things that you want to make sure that gets said or mentioned or any shout outs or anything like that or any questions that you might have? Um, you know something that we didn't touch on but I think is big nowadays? There's like this idea that you don't only have to be an actor, but you have to produce your own stuff and you have to um, write your own stuff and be doing all these things. And for the longest time, that felt so stressful to me. Mm -hmm. But recently, I was inspired to write a whole bunch of stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm super excited to, I'm going to, uh, 
2024 work on producing some of my own sketch comedy like comedic short films so that's something big that um you can look out for from me in 2024 and i'm putting it out into the universe so that people can hold me accountable because that's (laughs) the kind of thing that you could have on your bucket list or in the back of your head for a decade and never do but i really really have some ideas funny ideas that i find funny i think some other people might find them funny too that i want to put out there so that's that's something cool that's coming, super coming exciting. down the line. Yeah. Is it gonna be like a YouTube channel that you just like release a bunch of sketch comedy stuff, or are you gonna try to maybe shoot for getting on some sort of network? I mean, probably initially, keep it small, a YouTube yeah. sort of thing. Or if okay. I make a short film, try to do some festivals with it. But um, yeah, I'll I'll loop you in. Yeah. I'll I'll let you audition. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. I've never <laughs> done sketch comedy. I've never. I I've, I've loved the idea of doing comedy, but. I've never been, I guess, confident enough to think of myself as being a comedic actor. Like, I've never been like, oh, yeah, I can do stand-up comedy or something, and I can do all that. Like, I've done, like, one or two comedic roles, Mm -hmm. and they were really fun, but I just always see myself as that person that I know how to reach the other emotions. Yeah. But comedy and stuff, it's like, it's, it's, it's so much more of ad-libbing on the spot stuff being able to just like on the fly like your brain has to be able to like immediately be like oh boom like yeah all the it's a skill all for the sure. comedy movies that i see it like half of it is all improv mm-hmm. there, there's something that happens they're like you know i'm just gonna mention this because it's funny or maybe yeah um i know that there's so many scenes that i'm like i had no idea this is improv it looks so clean mm-hmm. and i'm like how the fuck do they do that <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> well i have been, i have been taking improv when i was younger i took a lot of improv and i did a lot of improv shows and i recently i think about a year ago started doing improv classes again and um what really inspired me was two things this show called broad city Hmm. um which is freaking hilarious if you haven't seen it go watch it but the the women who made that show started out with it being a youtube web series and their first their like pilot video was like a two minute long just hilarious little scene basically one scene and i was like if they could do that, I could do that. And that turned into this whole thing. They picked up that show on Comedy Central. Now yeah. they're like really famous. And then also Curb Your Enthusiasm. Have you ever watched Curb Your Enthusiasm? I have not. Alex, go home. <laughs> go home and watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. It is so funny. Um, Larry David, the creator of Seinfeld, write, wrote. Really? Is the main actor in Curb Your Enthusiasm. But I mean, it's just so hilarious. The the sit situational comedy that he gets into is is too much and just from watching that series from start to finish now i look at life through this lens of like looking for funny things and i just have a list on my phone of just things that have <laughs> made me laugh in the past year so it's time to start writing them down and making them happen i love that i'll, I'll definitely have to check that out adriana thank you so much for taking the time to come on here share some amazing wisdom with the audience and kind of letting us into your life a little bit um i know we didn't get too juicy into too many details (laughs) but next time honestly it's okay some people it's really fun to do that other people it's more fun or more entertaining just to kind of pick their brain into what they know rather than the juicy little stuff um which we can always come back at another point and mm-hmm. get into kind of juicier stuff, but I know <laughs> that we definitely wanted to get a little bit more into career type of stuff with yeah. this one. So um, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to come on here. I know that you've been doing quite a bit of podcasts and stuff lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we're not beating a dead horse with <laughs> uh, tiring you out too much with all these questions. I try to keep it as original as possible, but you know. Um, anyway. I will let you do your little outro, and we will call it a wrap. (laughs) All right. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This was awesome to talk to you. It's always good having conversations with you. And um, my name is Adriana Lisitra, and I've just been unmasked.